Holy shit, welcome to Tennis Fucking Podcast. My name is Nick Amell. This is the show where every week, me or my sidekick host bring a top tennis list on any given topic, along with some fun facts and trivia. The other person does not know what that list is, and they try to guess items 1 through 10, along with you, the lovely folks at home. Today, I'm joined by my new guest sidekick host, Steve Glissman from Origins of Speaksies. Steve, how's it going? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. The only disappointment is I'm here is because Brandon's not doing well. But I hope he'll be better soon, and I hope to see you guys pounding some hot dogs together very shortly. Uh, well, you might be disappointed because you, I think the odds of you seeing Brandon gulp down a few hot dogs by any sort of nearby crowded trash cans, fairly high. Mm. I probably will be there watching with you, though, instead of partaking. Okay. But that's okay. Speaking of that, I'm really excited about the top 10 we're doing. Um, I know you said earlier that you don't give out what it is, but I, you sent me an email earlier today, and I've been checking out WikiFeed all day to find the top 10 entries on that. Oh, what's your source for that list? Let me check the email you sent me. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Brandon sent me an email earlier today. Uh, I apologize. So I guess all that research went, went for naught. I don't think it's for not. I mean, that might be useful in some other facets of life, perhaps. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, but I like how Brandon, he's sick, he's not here, hasn't been here for a few weeks now, but he's still fucking up our show. So thank you, yeah. Brandon. Shout and out. That guy likes some feet too. Shout out to his feet <laughs> issues. Yeah, absolutely. And no judgment here. Feet are a-okay on the show. Sure. Steve, appreciate you being here, man. Thanks. I know you and your co-host Scott on your show, you uncover the history and stories behind the words and phrases we use every day. It's going to come in handy today, I think. But before I get good, to that, good. I'd like you in your own words to tell us uh, just more about you and uh, your show, Origins of Speaksies. Sure. So thank you. So Origins of Speaksies started with my good friend Scott had a conversation at a bar one day and someone told him they really liked the cut of his jib. And from that, Scott had two ideas for a podcast. One was about the sexual adventures that started that night. And the second one was to do a podcast on the history uh, and origins of words and phrases. So um, thankfully, he went for the, with the latter and included me along on his journey. And what we do as we, every week, we look at a, a word or a phrase or an idiom and check out the history behind that and just use that to just kind of explore some other things there. Yeah, The world of words is very interesting and it's amazing sometimes. Uh, stories that you wouldn't believe are true unless they were. Um, we seem to uncover every other week. Here's some words and phrases you covered on recent episodes, just to give the listeners a kind of taste. So the most recent as of this recording was hillbilly and boycott, the history mm -hmm. and origin of those words. Before that, you did chip on your soldier, Gen Z, dank, swag. Uh, so just a few recent examples of the types of words and phrases, although it's all over the place, really, uh, of what yeah. you guys cover. And uh, surprisingly, in the last few episodes, Hitler came up a few times which is always fun. Um, but just to let anyone know, if they listen to some of our more recent episodes, that's generally the only time Hitler comes up. And he's always just, and to be clear also, in a negative way. So, you know, if you hear Hitler mentioned, it's always going to be with a disclaimer of we don't like Hitler, just to be clear. To be clear, you do or don't like Hitler, just so we Do have... not like Hitler. Down with it. Hitler is denounced. <laughs> and I can denounce Hitler frequently throughout the show if you need me to also. A good reminder of your feelings on Hitler every few minutes. Not required, yeah. but is appreciated. Right. Great. And one more plug before we get to the meat of today's show. Uh, I was actually on Origins of Speaksies on a guest segment back on a November 2020 That's right. episode, which I can't believe how long ago that was now. It does not mm. seem that long yeah. ago. But so if you're looking for a good jumping off point to check out their show, look for my episode on in November 2020. With that all said, Steve, yes. since I have the pleasure of having, we'll call you maybe a word expert, sort of. I know you probably wouldn't sure. call yourself that, but certainly more than no. me or maybe the average listener, I wanted to take advantage of that. All right. And look at the top 10 most common, most popular, most widely used curse words in the all English right. language. Very good. This should be a great, a great exploration of words that I normally don't say on my show. So this is good. But for my family, if they're in, if they're in the house, um, it'll be pretty normal for them. They'll just think, oh, you know, dad's working in the garage again. We're doing a project. <laughs> or looking at his paycheck. 
So this should be a, a, a good, uh, I, sh I think I should be a, a really good expert on yeah. this. Yeah, and if you find yourself, I don't think this will happen, but if you find yourself struggling to find, like search rack your brain for, man, I only know like four or five cuss words in the right, whole English right. language, what is another one? Maybe just reach over, pick up a recent paycheck and just let nature take over and you probably blurt out a few. Yeah. So my sources today are slate.com, the online etymology dictionary, and I also pulled a few tidbits from Wikipedia. This was kind of harder to track down than you might think. Uh, it was hmm. a challenge to find a reliable source for this. After all, how difficult is it to kind of measure what are the yeah. most widely used profane words in the English language? So I, I found something from Slate.com. Chris Kirk had an article there. I think this is the closest I could get. Okay. I think the closest I could get was the most common curse words on Facebook. Oh, okay. And I know you're a huge social media fan, Steve. Oh, I am. <laughs> Nothing like social media to make you feel good about yourself and feel good about everyone else around you, unless you're following uh, Speaksies at Speaksies at Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely. And the same with Tennis Podcast. Yeah, at Tennis Pod, yeah. That's right. All social media is evil and world damaging and terrible, but those two social accounts Actually, research shows improve your mental and physical health. Heck yeah. Um, okay, so Facebook. Now, I personally, Facebook. and I'm sure it's the same for you, don't use Facebook really at all anymore. I still have one. But yeah. even though Facebook is reducing in popularity among, you know, kind of our generations, it is still widely used. And I think it does represent a pretty good sample size of how people speak online anyway. I'd agree. And in fact, as of the end of 2021, Facebook has just over 1.9 billion daily active users. And that's wow. daily active users. People on every day, almost 2 billion mm. of them. And robots. And robots. I can't remember. Sure. Yeah. I, hopefully we'll get to a point with Facebook that it'll just be Chinese and Russian robots fighting each other. Yeah. But for now, our aunts and uncles are out there fighting a the good fight every day, I think. Absolutely. Our aunts and uncles. And I think the robots, as their intelligence and a study of human interactions grows and expands over the years. I think that it's just a matter of time before they too are just using curse words on Facebook yeah. even more so than any other thing they write. Hmm. So here's how this was compiled. Slate, okay. my main source, they did this research using a new Facebook developer tool that estimates the number of user interactions, including public or private status updates, photo captions, comments, and more that mention a word or phrase and then breaks up the results by gender, age group, and region. So there is one huge caveat. Hmm. This tool that they use to do this research, they can't distinguish a case where a word appears in another word. For example, hell, the word hell mm -hmm. appears in the word hello. Oh. So hell is not on this list because of that. Okay. Just like the word ass, personal favorite of mine, hmm. uh, it is in the word asset and assess. Okay. And so ass is, ass would probably be in the top five, I'd guess, but because of that, they can't distinguish separately the curse variations of it so it's just not included at all on this mm. list and i thought in honor of speaksies steve thank you for your new slang segment you could also give a thumbs up or thumbs down on each of these naughty words oh well thank you thank you for referencing our show and i, I would love that a good thumbs up or thumbs down yeah is, is always good i have just a little more setup before i turn you loose and have you start guessing do you personally refer to profanity as a swear word, a curse word, a cuss word, or something else? Hmm. I have kind of a geographically diverse uh, background, so it depends. So my parents are both uh, northern raised, but I was born and raised in Virginia. So I'm one of those guys that depends on whom I'm around. Currently, I use curse word mm -hmm. um, is what I seem to say now as a, a, an adult that's maybe closer to 50 than 30. But in my younger Virginia Beach days, where I probably picked up a lot of curse words from uh, our good, our strong sailor population down there, a strong naval population, yep. I probably say cuss word a lot growing up. I think that seems to me to be more of a kind of a Southern sort of way to say things. Maybe so. Yeah. I I've live in Oklahoma and cuss, mm -hmm. I feel like, is what I hear and say most often. But yeah. in trying to figure out how to refer to this episode, I actually ran a poll on Twitter, again, your favorite. I ran this poll mm -hmm. at the Nick Amell on Twitter, and I asked, how do you most often refer to profanity? And the leading vote-getter is actually swear, swear words, oh. with almost, uh, or over 45% of my followers voting for that, followed by cuss and then curse. Swear, cuss, curse. So, for whatever that's worth. Hmm. 
Thank you, Twitter. For con- hey, it's, that's one of the more positive things Twitter's contributed in a long time. So yeah, I like their I'm, poll I'm glad feature. to hear that. So it's a good way to get some quick feedback. Mm-hmm. Not important feedback, but quick feedback. Right. So I'm going to let you start guessing. Here in a few minutes, I'll also kind of go over the history of profanity, but I want to get to the list first. Sure. So, uh, Steve, what are some cuss words, curse words, swear words that you think are most often used in the English language, at least on Facebook? On Facebook. So I'm glad you told me the Facebook caveat, because I think that's going to help. That There's going to be some sort of profanity, but at least, you know, table dialed back a little bit, which might make us have to get creative for a top 10. Mm-hmm. So the first one I'm going to say is Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I thought we were doing uh, Brandon's list. I apologize. Uh, scratch that. Scratching it. First one I'm going to go for is shit. Shit. Mm-hmm. First of all, watch your fucking mouth. Did you not understand? Mm. I told you before the show started that we don't do expletives on the podcast, oh, Steve. My apologies. Well, you uh, pulled a real Brandon here because like Brandon will often do when he's on the show, he'll accidentally guess number one first. Oh, And you've man. actually done just that. Shit is number one. Hmm. Does that surprise you? No, because if Brandon would guess number one, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. So I, I think it, it doesn't surprise me in a way because it seems like the most obvious one that's a little bit transgressive, but it's not that bad, you know? Yeah. You can't get thrown off TV or out of your job for saying that word. But, you know, I can see that kind of an aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. grandpa way of like, look how edgy I am. I'm going to say shit. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. But I do think in evaluating my own usage of cuss words, I think shit is probably in my top three. Yeah. I think I use shit quite a bit. How about you? Uh, definitely. And I think it's one that you, it has a little bit of flexibility to it in that it can be humorous. For sure. It can be, you can be angry and say it in a way that's maybe a little bit humorous too. Um, again, kind of puts the tension and anger out there, but without being over the top. Yeah. Like you don't hear a shit and start thinking, okay, it's time to, you know, call the shelter or anything like that, <laughs> or at least in my house. <laughs> that's the way it seems to go. So I think it's a, it's a good one. It has some sort of uh, uh, utility. Absolutely. And it's also, you know, it's, it's technically a profanity, but in this day and age, is it really that bad? I think it over time has become less severe. I think it used to be mm-hmm. seen as more severe. Yeah. But I'll get to that. So shit is number one, that old faithful. This study from Slate, they did a three-day research period. And in that three days, in the English language on Facebook, shit was used 10.5 million times over three days, which they may have just been evaluating my house here and heard it that many Mm -hmm. times too. But that's what they said for Facebook. So as a noun, the word shit refers to fecal matter. And as a verb, it means to defecate. But in the plural sense, the shits, it means diarrhea, Steve. Just so yeah. I want you to be educated on this show. Thank you for, for clarifying that for me. I appreciate it. Shite is also a common variant in British and Irish English. Hmm. As a slang term, this is what you were saying, shit has many meanings, including, but not limited to, nonsense, foolishness, something of little value or quality, trivial and usually boastful or inaccurate talk or a contemptible person. It could also be used to refer to any other noun in general or as an expression of annoyance, surprise, or anger. What I love about shit is it can be used as a positive or a negative. Yeah. He's rich as shit. She smells like shit. This is some shit. This is good shit, Steve. It's like the Swiss army knife of swear words. Yeah. And that's why it's number one with a brown bullet. (laughs) With a brown bullet. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, where does it come from, though? The word is likely derived from Old English, having the nouns... Bear with me here, people. Skite, meaning dung, or skit, skitte, skit, skitty, meaning diarrhea. But eventually it morphed into Middle English, shite, meaning excrement, or sheet, meaning diarrhea, and shiten, meaning to defecate. And it is virtually certain that it was used in some form by preliterate Germanic tribes at the time of the Roman Empire. So, this research I am ref- uh, used as a reference or as a source also told me who's most likely to use the word shit on Facebook. And according to their mm. research, it's equally used by males and females, and it's widely spread among people age 25 and up. So, it's mm. under 25, they're not using it nearly as much. And it's also most common in the United States as opposed to other English-speaking language, uh, countries. Does any of that surprise you? Um, not at all, uh, the least of which being uh, under 25 people on Facebook, because I don't think there is anybody under the age of yeah. 25 that's on Facebook, unless it's a, a Russian bot that's just been newly created. Yeah. 
The notion that it is a recent word might be partly because it was taboo from circa 1600 and rarely appeared in print. Not even Shakespeare used it, and it was even considered vulgar in publications as late as the 18th century. It was disguised by dashes up until that point. So again, kind of modern history is when shit has increasingly become more acceptable. So some common variations of the word shit include horse shit, which didn't appear in print until 1935, jack shit didn't appear until 1968, and chicken shit didn't appear Hmm. until 1947. Wow. Kind of surprised me how recent those are, relatively speaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, would, I would agree with you on that. That would seem like something that would be kind of like an early, mm-hmm. early profanity to like put your toe in the water to see how much you can get away with. That shit would seem like it would be a good one yeah. for that. I couldn't find anything on bullshit. I assume that was much earlier. Uh, but speaking of bullshit, Steve, based on yeah. our discussion so far, I'm going to guess you're going to give this a thumbs up on this word. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs up just out of its utility. Yeah. And it's the fact that you can, it's one you can kind of get away with. Mm-hmm. Even this is like something maybe like the first swear word your grandpa said in front of you or something like that. Or if you want to, you know, if you're at a school and you're a teacher and you want to see you know, how start to, to go the euphoria trend to see what you could do to get fired before you start having raves with your students. So I think, you know, it's just it does a lot. It's a way to kind of dip your toe in the water. It's got kind of like base human functions, which again is this sort of sense of humor that everybody has. You know, whatever the first things caveman said, it probably in- involved uh, odors going to the bathroom mm-hmm. or some other sort of fluid, or at least I hope. I mean, that's the way I picture how cavemans live. Either um, before or after the cavemen said, subscribe to Tennis Podcast. Oh, that's right. On, on uh, caveman Twitter. Yeah, on caveman Twitter, which I guess they were just, because think, they were carving into stones, right? Yeah. You carve into a stone, maybe throw a hashtag or two on there, mm-hmm. and the next person that walks by that is basically like seeing your tweet, right? And they yeah. can then reply. So, yeah. I'm sure some of that was going on. Yeah, and especially if someone with purple hair walked by, you knew you were going to have a long day after that. <laughs> well, you mentioned the basic human functions that are yes. associated with shit. I'm actually, as mm-hmm. I scroll through this list, I'd say that describes like seven or eight of these. Okay, good. All have to do with like human elements, if that's any sort of hint. Well, since number one, or pardon me, number two is number one, Mm. I'm going to go for number one as my next guess is piss. Piss. You think piss is pretty high? I think so. Well, I mean, it's in the top 10, so it's high in that regard, but (sighs) it's number six. Ooh. Oh, well. Took a real pisser on that guess, Steve. I did, but I did nail, nail the first one. Yeah, you did. Well, you're two for two as far as top 10 goes. Good for me. So piss, I think we all know what piss means. I use piss more than I use pee or urinate or urine. Yeah. Piss means to urinate, discharge the fluid secreted by the kidneys and stored in the urinary bladder, if you were unclear from what urinating yeah. is. Thank you. Earliest known print use of this word comes from around the 1300s. It's most used on Facebook by females ages 18 to 44, and they love this word in Great Britain, especially. Good job, Great Britain. Yeah. That's, this is another one I think is kind of like a dip your toe in it mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing that you can kind of maybe, you know, if you want to get in that gray area of can I swear or not, you could say that. Yeah. I think it is more interesting. It's interesting to me that it's more women than men, but I could also see somebody that maybe is uh, profanity hesitant. It's like, all right, I don't like to swear, but this is like my way to, you know, be a naughty bird. Go ahead, especially if they're in Great Britain, they would probably say that too. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, number one, uh, surprisingly, in Wikifeet in Great Britain, Margaret Thatcher. I didn't realize how many pictures of her feet were out there and how popular they were. But just a a fun fact, and again, thank. I feel like Brandon's (laughs) here with us in many ways. So thank you, Brandon, again, for encouraging me to spend all that time this afternoon on Wikifeet and also all the time afterwards cleaning my cookies out and reinstalling my my browsers. Absolutely. And I think, as anyone knows, I guess it's time to come clean. Brandon's feeling fine. He just needed a vacation to look at feet as much as he can. The Margaret Thatcher thing, that surprises me. Is she really number one, Steve? Um, You're going to have to ask Brandon, (laughs) but I'd say, you know, but he might be pissed. Hmm. You like that? Like how I kind of brought it back around a little bit? I didn't love it, but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that good. Well, let me tell you a little more about piss. Paul, please. The way it's used a lot is also in the sense of go away or annoyed or, you know, you're pissing me off. Mm -hmm. 
that usage of piss first showed up in print form in 1958, again, really recently. Hmm. But back in 1929, piss also referred to being drunk as a verb. And also 1946, it was used in the form of angry. So a lot of kind of useless information there, but piss has a lot of, it's not quite as versatile as shit. Few words are. Yeah. But piss has a lot of different meanings as well, although it was originally used, and I'd say still mostly, most often used to refer to discharging urine from your kidneys. Yeah. And I want to let you know, I appreciate the uh, great detail you put into what piss was when you started. Justin, and I'm just hoping there's someone who listens to this podcast and actually didn't know how like their body functioned and was, was learning for the first time. That we, if we've reached out and helped that person, Absolutely. I feel like we've done a lot to assist people. Yeah. And you know, some people think I might do this show for the millions of dollars I get or the fame, oh, yeah. fortune, uh, the celebrity uh, cameos I get to do, listeners, all that. Mm. No, it's actually to help people. Yeah. In the same way that I helped you understand how piss works. So you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Steve, you were surprised that females use that word most. It got me thinking there for a moment. Is there really any cussing in general that you would think women do more than men? Hmm. Just seems like a man thing more so. It does seem like a man thing. Maybe that's sexist. I don't know, but. It is. And, you know, I definitely expected that of you, but it's okay. Thank you. Because I believe in hashtag diversity. Absolutely. You know, and I believe men and women can do everything the same. I have a daughter. I encourage her. She can do whatever she wants. She can be a doctor. She can be a lawyer. She talked to me about being a race car driver. Hmm. I said, well, let's focus on being a doctor or a lawyer, maybe. Yeah. But swearing, I think, is something that she could do, too. Probably better than driving. But the important thing is here is that you're the one that's sexist. Yeah. And as we go on to the next one, I think that we need to, you know, we need hashtag diversity. We need to get out there. So I'm going to pair up two swear words. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of go with a brother and sister of, of bastard and bitch oh. to see if, where they land on the top 10. I'm actually surprised. Bastard's not on here. What? Not in the top 10. Yeah, it's not in the top 10. Mm. And if I refer to this thing, Bastard is number 13. Really? Yeah. But in the top 10, I do have bitch. Okay, thank it. Again, hashtag diversity. Yeah. I want all the ladies. Yas queen, yes. Yas I'm glad queen. That that's it. Yes. But I'm glad that that's there. Bitch has a lot of meanings too. Yeah. So let's get to that. Bitch is number four in the top 10. Another personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. In the three-day period that Slate did this research, it was used 4.5 million times. Again, they could have just been hanging out around my kitchen. Probably heard it that many times too. Mm-hmm. Its origins and meanings, uh, it was originally used as a term of contempt applied to women, which of course don't condone. No, no, no. But it dates from around circa 1400 uh, in that usage. To refer to a man, it was uh, around 1500s, playfully, in the sense of the word dog. Because, as you know, the original meaning of this word, even before it was used as a curse word applying to women, was the word female dog. Correct. Comes from an old English word, bic- I'm not good with this shit, bicji, uh, which means female dog, bicji does, which dates to around 1000 uh, CE. It may have derived from the earlier Old Norse word, bicja, also meaning female dog. This word bitch is most used by both males and females aged 13 to 24. So this is a young curse word, young people word. Uh, And it's actually used more in Australia than any other English speaking country. Really? Yeah. Good job, Australia. Yeah, we love our Australian listeners. Bunch of bitches out there. Yeah. Speaking of Australian bitches, uh, when applied to a woman or girl, the word bitch means someone who is this is not me talking, people. This, yeah, is, right. uh, this is the research from the Online Etymology Dictionary. Mm-hmm. According to that, it means a woman is belligerent, unreasonable, malicious, controlling, aggressive, or dominant. Mm. When applied to a man or a boy, bitch reverses its meaning and is a derogatory term for being subordinate, weak, or cowardly, which is interesting because when you're talking about a woman, bitch is supposed to mean that they're unreasonable, aggressive, or dominant. When you're referring to a man, it's literally the opposite. They're subordinate, weak, or cowardly. Words are funny, Steve. Words are strange. And that is a good point about that, that it kind of is, it's negative towards everybody, but it's very interesting how it's almost like polar opposites of things with Mm -hmm. that there. Yeah. It has been characterized as an archaic word demeaning women since as early as the 15th century that actually seeks to control women. But in the context of modern feminism, bitch has varied reappropriated meanings that may connote a strong female 
anti-stereotype of weak and submissive women. Cunning, uh, or else it may be used as tongue-in-cheek backhanded compliment for someone who has excelled in an achievement. You see what I mean? So, like, women are taking back the word bitch, in other they words. They are. They're claiming it back. And I can see that uh, from my generation of, you know, kind of early 90s hip-hop culture, bitch used a lot, uh, not very, not a very positive way. Right. And seeing the ladies reclaim that afterwards, that, that makes sense for me. It's just kind of like the same way that black guys reclaim uh, brother. Mm-hmm. And use, use that term. Definitely no other terms that we would discuss on this show. Right. So I'm glad to see that even the ladies have taken that and used that. Yeah, but hashtag diversity. Let the ladies do what they want. And if they need to hashtag slay, let them. <laughs> let them slay. Hey, we're here yeah. for it. And you mentioned, you know, black community taking back the word brother. Mm-hmm. Taking it back from Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He stole it. Oh, yeah, but I think he's still holding on to it a little bit there. Yeah. His la- that's going to be his last word on his deathbed. <laughs> brother, 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 brother. Okay, so one more thing on, well, actually a few more things on bitch. Please. The word bitch on television actually tripled between 1998 and 2007. That nine-year period, the word tripled uh, in use, and I'm sure it's gone up even more since then. Right. It's a really popular word, again, with the young generation, because remember I said earlier, age 13 to 24, the most common users of this word. Hmm. The first known appearance of the phrase son of a bitch in a work of American fiction, is from the work 76, that's the title of the book, from 1823, mm-hmm. to a historical fiction novel set during the American Revolutionary War by writer John Neal. So, son of a bitch, in, in the sense uh, of human history, relatively recent, 1823. Steve, are you a son of a bitch? It depends on who you ask. Right. And I think this gets into a little bit of some of the positive utility of that, because this is a word that you can say it in two entirely different things. You can be angry at them or despair at somebody and call them a son of a bitch. But that's also one of the things that, like, I have certain friends that, like, if I haven't seen them in forever and I see them, I'm going to say that in the happiest way possible yeah. to, to greet them and to see them come back. So I think that, that you know, maybe more of a positive use of that term. Um, I've always thought of it as kind of like another way also when it's son of a bitch is another way to say bastard. Yeah, Just kind of yeah, mix yeah. it up a little bit, too, is the way I've always interpreted it. I think it's Arnold in, what is it, Predator? You son of a bitch. When That's they right. And grab hands. You, and you nailed that yeah. uh, Arnold impersonation. <laughs> Excellent job. Wow. Means a lot coming from you, Steve. Thank you. Let's take a brief detour from guessing, give you a little history of profanity, uh, as it's known. All right. Words currently considered curse words or profanity were commonplace parlance in medieval English. In fact, in the Elizabeth, Elizabethan, f- a fucking Elizabethan? How do you say that shit? Beef. Beethan. <laughs> okay. Oh, Beethan. Thank you. Yeah. Elizabethan. See, I'm smart, guys. You got it. Go. Some playwrights, like Shakespeare, largely avoided direct use of these words, but others, like Ben Jonson, did use them frequently in his plays. But analyses of recorded conversations reveal that an average of roughly 80 to 90 words that a person speaks each day, only about 0.5% of all words spoken are curse words. In comparison, first-person plural pronouns like we, us, and our make up 1% of spoken words. And for me, curse words probably make up about 94% of my yeah. English. But that's interesting. 0.5% of all spoken words being curse words, that can't be right. Must not be people working in their garage, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to get a lawnmower started or, you know, doing some painting or something like that. That's yeah. where I, there's still several clouds of profanity I have from uh, re- replacing some shutters in the early 2000s <laughs> that uh, has been spotted off the Pacific Ocean still with that. Maybe that's a good thing that there's not that much profanity. You know, maybe it's good. I had an uncle sure. say one time that people use profanity when they, they're too dumb to think of anything else to say. And I said, uh, shut up, you son of a bitch, after he said that to me. But it was something that resonated with me after he said that. I think there is something to that. Like, I agree to that with that to an extent. But I also don't think that people that cuss frequently are automatically less intelligent than those that cuss right. less. I think it's kind of both things can be true. Right. But I do think the fact that cuss words, I guess in the grand scheme of things, this research is telling us that they're, they're used less than 1% of all spoken words. So they're not used that frequently, all things considered, which I guess part of the reason that makes them quote unquote special or, you know, words that aren't your everyday words. Right. Because if they were everyday words, then their power is lost a little bit. Yeah. 
Ice-T actually said something about that once, um, and the one profanity that I'll, I'll touch around but not say. Uh, the, 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 I'm sure we'll get to the granddaddy of words with an F. Yep. Basically, to paraphrase him, if you, you know, the F word loses its effingness if you say it all the time. And, you know, it loses a little bit of something. If you're someone who doesn't use profanity and you say the F word or any sort of profanity, it's going to stand out, out more as opposed sure. to the guy who can't think of anything else and every other word that comes out of your mouth. Is as Bill Cosby used to say, filth, floor, and filth. <laughs> Bill Cosby. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole sidebar. Let's not do right now. It's a whole other episode there. Yeah. One more interesting note, I found this. A poll conducted by Angus Reid Public Opinion in July 2010 found that which country, Steve, swears more often, uh, as far as English-speaking countries, which of those mm -hmm. countries swear most often in their everyday speak? I'm going to have to go with the Irish. I'm going to go with Ireland. That's a good guess. Is it because you hate Irish people? Um, no, I'm part Irish. I'm part Irish, part Swedish, part German. I'm mostly Belgian-Mongolian. <laughs> but I have a good idea of how all that works. In our last episode we did mm -hmm. on our podcast, Origin of Speaksies, uh, Boycott and uh, Hillbilly actually tie back to the Irish. That's right. So you asked if I like the Irish. Yeah, I like the Irish. Um, are they a bunch of drunks? Yes, they're a bunch of drunks. But I can say that again because I'm, I'm part Irish. Well, I'm glad somebody here likes the Irish. <clears throat> yeah, man. I'm just kidding. But no, the number one country that loves to swear most often is actually our friends up north in Canada. Eh? Well, really? Well, yeah. I, you know what? I think that actually makes sense. All that being artificially nice all the time, it's going to come out somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And also being little brother can well, also uh, have a... America's hat is what they prefer. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, well, let's get back to the guessing. You have piss at number six, bitch at number four, mm -hmm. and number one, uh, that old favorite, shit. Yeah. I have another one I'm going to guess for that I'm not sure if it's going to be on the top ten, but it's worth discussing. And as I get into this, there's certain words I don't want to be recorded saying. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play around a little bit, but I think you and your listeners, as long as it's not the listeners that you had to explain how urine works. Sure. Everyone else should probably get this. So I have a good friend um, who lives in Virginia Beach, and he used to be an undercover police officer. And one of the jobs he was assigned to was working in Red Wing Park in Virginia Beach. So if anyone's from there, they know where this park is. And he would go undercover. He was on Vice. Hmm. And he would uh, spend some time in the forest to see what people would offer him. So I'm going to change the words around a little bit. Let's see if you can figure this out. So he found a gentleman in some tiny shorts that was out there. And he asked the gentleman, he's like, you know, sir, what are you out here for? And he said, I'm trying to shuck some corn. And he's like, okay. He's like, what do you mean by that? He's, you know, because he had said something that, again, uh -huh. if you think about it a little bit more, you might be able to figure out and want to give the guy a chance to maybe do something else. And the gentleman reiterated uh, that he was out there just trying to find a way to shuck some corn and sure. really wanted to shuck some corn. And as he was saying, that was also starting to shuck his own corn. Or get his corn ready to be shucked as the discussion gotcha. went on. So um, one thing that came out of that for me was my friend, the vice cop. Imagine you have a bad day at work. What's it got to be like for a bad day at work for a vice cop? Like when he goes home uh -huh. and has to tell his wife, you know, and she'd be like, honey, how's your day? And he's like, well, you know, I had a really nice outfit on today, but no one wanted to shuck my corn. I didn't get any offers to, you know, be involved with corn shucking. Yep. So... I think what I was really trying to get with that is to say, uh, I guess I'd have is one of my favorite profanities. And again, I think we're all smart enough to figure this out. Corn shucker or maybe some derivative of that. Corn shucker? Is that you're going to be your final yeah, guess? Yeah. Yeah. Corn shucker is not in the top 10. Oh, okay. But I do really, I, I can appreciate the story of a vice cop having a bad day yeah. and not want, no one wants to shuck his corn. No one wants to shuck his corn. No. But they might want to do something else to him. Yeah. Like? Like? You tell me. Like, shuck his detective acronym for Richard. <laughs> the word dick. There we go. I can say dick outside of the other words with it. It's my complicated web of things that I'll say out loud. But dick. Dick. That's a good one. Where does that land on the... Land on the list. Well, you tell me. Give me a guess of where you think it mm, ranks. I'm going to go for, so we've done what? One, four, and six. One, four, and six. I'm going to go for number two. That's pretty high, but dick is number seven. Oh, come ten. on. So slap yourself in the dick because you got that one wrong. Dick can mean a lot of things. Uh, mm -hmm. Originally, it meant fellow, lad, or man. 
Yeah. It originated in that sense in the 1550s, but starting in 1891, as far as the written word goes, the meaning, uh, the word dick being used to describe the penis was first used in the farmer's slang dictionary in 1891, which didn't know the farmers had a slang dictionary. <laughs> I'm almost more interested in that, but yeah, we'll, I guess, come back to that some other episode. The word dick is also a young word, like bitch, which this is kind of surprising because I thought this was a word used across ages. Yeah. And it is, but it's most used on Facebook in the 18 to 24 age range by males, especially in the U.S. and Canada. All right. Go USA. Yep. USA. In the mid-17th century, the word dick became slang for a man as a sexual partner. For example, in the 1665 satire The English Rogue by Richard Head, a dick procured to impregnate a character that is having difficulty conceiving. It's also used as a slang term for detective, as you used, as in hiring a private dick to help locate her natural mother. And I have to, do people still say that in that way? Hiring I'm a private not sure. dick? I'm more interested that somebody named Richard Head is involved um, in oh, the history of this. I didn't even catch that. I did. Yeah, that's sharp. It's having, having a friend that's a vice cop, you pick up on things like this. Richard Head. Fuck, that's good. Mm. That's good. He used the word dick in his, yeah. in his uh, satire. Way back in 1665, yeah. That man's ahead of his time. Um, and Steve, you should maybe consider hiring a private dick to find the rest of this list. Yeah. Do you have another guess? Hmm. I'm saving one for the grand finale. So we've done some, I think, kind of touchy ones, or ones that I think everyone can feel like that they can contribute and get out there. Yep. I'm going to go next with uh, more of a religious profanity. Okay. We'll say, uh, and again, I have my, my list of things I'll say. We'll, say we'll, we'll just go with damn it. Damn it. Let's go with that and maybe something that could have something affixed to the front of it. Sure, I know where you're going. Damn it, or actually just damn. Mm-hmm. Is pretty high on the list. Where would you guess? All right. I'm, I'm, I need something in number two, so I'm going with that. No. Okay. You got that damn thing wrong, Steve, unfortunately. Damn is well right below number two at number three. It was mentioned in the three-day research period that Slate did 6.3 million times, and uh, it comes from Middle English, the word dampen, also damn or damen, mm-hmm. coming from the late 1300s originally used as a legal term to condemn, declare guilty, or convict. And in the theological sense, it was used in the sense of doomed to punishment in a future state. Mm. Now, this word damn is an older word compared to the most recent ones we talked about, because this is used age 35 and up, equally among males and females, primarily in the U.S. Damn. Hmm. What's your thoughts on damn, Steve? I think it's a classic. Yeah. And it's almost in a classy way. That you could use this. This is like the, the profanity, I think, of like a good parent using. A good parent, Like yeah. some trashy parent is going to say shit mm-hmm. or drop an F-bomb or do something else or, you know, call a woman a bitch. But you can be kind of classy and, and damn something. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Well said. You can put it down. You could act like that you're sending, you know, you're sending it to hell. <laughs> you're literally putting a curse on something by saying damn it. It's a good, strong, classic profanity i think it's it's one of the building blocks of a good dabbler in the profane arts is going to have this as just a cornerstone in their tool belt which i realize is a terrible metaphor but i think you know where i'm getting getting yeah a dabbler of the profane arts that's a quote my friend and Mm. it's a good thing that damning something or someone isn't literal because if all the things i've damned over my lifetime were sent to hell yeah i'm sorry there's not much left it might explain why some of my home projects are still ongoing, though, now that I think about it. But that is, that is an interesting point that you've brought up. Yeah, because when it became a curse word, it was because, damn you! And that's, uh, yeah, it's old-timey sounding, too. Yeah. You could hear it in, like, a Sherlock Holmes setting, I feel like, as just as much as you're likely to hear it in the newest raunchy rated R film. Like, damn is versatile in that way, because it, it can be classy. Uh, but it can also be added to any sentence, yeah. even in modern daily speak. And it, with it being such a long time classic one, it's also one that like, a little bit like son of a bitch can be like a mm-hmm. really good thing. You can see something that makes you really happy and say, damn. Yeah. Damn, it's been a while since I've seen you, Steve. Yeah. Just like or, that. Damn, look at those feet of <laughs> Paul Hogan, um, who's the number one, oddly was the number one foot model on Wiki Feet for Australia. They really like Crocodile Dundee down there, is all I'm trying to say. 
Damn, look at those feet on Paula. <laughs> Ogan, wow. I did not expect to hear that today. I did. But I'm here for it. Yeah. Is Paul Hogan alive still? He is, and he's getting close. I actually really like Crocodile Dundee, the first one. And if you get a chance to watch sure. it, it's very, it's somehow dated and not at the same time. Like, it's very 80s, but you'll enjoy it if you get a chance to watch it. So I always kind of keep my eye out for that. And they recently tried some sort of, I'd almost call it like a, what was the Bill and Ted 3 that just came out? Mm-hmm. I think inspired them. They did some sort of thing with Paul Hogan that was a combination reboot slash Curb Your Enthusiasm, like where he played himself. Uh, this yeah. is all to say that he looked like that he's been in the sun the entire time since they filmed Crocodile Dundee 2 and has not been putting on uh, the high SPF sunscreen at that time. So he's technically alive. Um, but he looks like a, a pack of cigarettes that's been left in someone's purse. Sure, sure. In the car, in the sun, at, all at the same time. <laughs> well, that's all of Australia, right? Maybe. <laughs> but I still keep Australia still on the list of somewhere I, I'd go, especially to see Paul Hogan um, before he goes away and maybe get another picture of his feet. Yeah. So I, I can say, add it to WikiFeet. If you don't go to Australia for the sights or the beaches or the wildlife or Paul Hogan even, go for Paul Hogan's feet. Yep. Just go for his feet. That's a new marketing phrase we're going to hear for the vacation <laughs> agencies about, about Australia. The tourism department in Australia. That's right. <laughs> well, getting back to damn, mm-hmm. it is nowadays a mildly profane word for some people in English, which I think is fair. It's mildly profane. Yeah. Uh, although goddamn may be considered blasphemous by the religiously devout who regard it as a violation of the commandment against taking God's name in vain. So related to that, that makes me want to pivot to what I'd say in the way that bitch and bastard kind of pair up. I'm going to go with hell for my, my next yeah. guess. I think hell would surely be in the top 10. But if you remember at the top, it, oh. they couldn't count hell because it, they couldn't differentiate it from the word hello. So even with hellos, it's still, hell still didn't show up. Well, I think they're saying like if they included hell, they'd have to include hello, include which would blow okay. out the database basically. So yeah. Yeah. So sorry I didn't pick up on that. And it was probably good that you explained how urine works also, because maybe I was making fun of that to cover that That I didn't understand what was happening. Thank you for doing that. We're getting close to the end, and I've been sitting on what I think the granddaddy is. Save it. Save it. Okay, I'm going to save it then. All right. We're going to save that. In the way that damn is mild profanity, Mm -hmm. there's two words on this list that I personally wouldn't even consider profanity. Okay. But maybe like your great grandma who's easily offended might consider it Ooh, profanity. It's, okay. It's that sort of thing. All right. So think about a word that is sometimes, there's two of them on this list. Think about words that are sometimes used in place of profanity by people who don't like to use profanity. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, dang it. Close. Or dang. Okay. Very close. Uh, doggone it. <laughs> doggone it. No, but you're still on the right track. Okay. I'm getting there. All right. I am locking up here, but hit me because I know whatever you're going to tell me was going to be the next thing that I would say. Darn. Darn. Really? Yeah. That's not a cuss word, right? No. Yeah. I'll wake my kid up right now and make her say it to me. (laughs) I'll call my pastor's house and demand that he says it right now. I mean, that's nothing. That's like a mild. Yeah. I think even the the corn shucker in the park right now would be like, come on. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. Do you call your pastor often in the middle of the night and wake him up and ask him to say things? It depends on what drugs I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And the drugs I'm doing tonight are going to help me get through this list and tell you that, God darn it, darn is number eight in the top 10. Interesting. It has origins going back, at least in written form, to 1781. It's, and this makes sense. It's most used by females age 55 and up in Canada. So those Canadian grandmas really love to use darn, by God. It's American English euphemism, a minced form of damn said to have originated in New England when swearing was a punishable offense, which I forget that. Yeah. Swearing was punishable offense in New England at one point. Was not a lot of home projects going on in New England. No one could build anything. Yeah, no one was fixing anything in their garage (laughs) in New England back then. So the people, instead of saying damn, they said darn. Its spread probably was influenced by Tarnal, short for eternal, as in by the eternal God, a favorite exclamation of President Andrew Jackson, among others. Oh. So I guess Tarnal, like that word, morphed into darn, if I'm understanding what this is saying. That sounds like what they're trying to say. I just thought it would be putting little bumper cars there on, on dam. Yeah. 
bumper cars. I like like bumpers on the bowling. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. My drugs are wearing out of my body now too. Just grab it's be tough new to call drugs. the pa- Yeah, it's gonna be tough to call the pastor tonight. I'm gonna need something else in my system with that. Here, we'll give you a second. Feel free to uh, consume some drugs here to get you cool. through the rest of this. Thank you. All right, we're back. Steve is newly rejuvenated and ready to guess. He needs two, five, nine, and ten. And in the same way, let's knock this one out. Darn, you and I agreed, really doesn't belong on this list. There's <laughs> another one like that that shouldn't be on this list. So what do you think people that don't want to say the word shit probably say instead? Huh. Oh, good old crap. 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 Do you consider crap a, a curse word, Steve? I don't, but I also consider it a word that's probably not the best usage in, in like kind of like, I don't know, mixed company hmm. or like, you know, in front of people you, in a respectful situation. That was one I remember I would get a lot of when I was younger that it was, it was bandied about in my house. My parents um, did a much better job of hiding their profanity if they used any um, from me than I, d- I did with my family. But crap was one that, you know, it kind of worked itself out that way. So I say no pun it, intended. Crap working itself out. Well played. Um, I kind of put it in the category of brown words, like shit and poop, of things that are, you know, again, poop not necessarily being a profanity, but not something you want to bring up during the business meeting. You know, during your morning stand up is probably poop? a poop. You don't want to bring up poop during the business meeting? It depends. It depends if I want to keep that job or not. Well, what um, if you but... work in, a biz- in the poop business? There's some businesses where poop is an essential part of the business plan. Yeah, I have a feeling they have a more professional sounding word sure. for poop at that point. But maybe that, that could be a future episode of like the business, the business euphemisms for excrement. Wake up your pastor, see what he thinks. We got to get his opinion. We'll see. I, I got to get uh, some more espresso and ketamine in me before I do that. But yeah, I could see crap being maybe not, a, again, not a profanity, but not necessarily something that you would want to say. And that's inspired. You've opened up my mind. So yeah. may I guess for another one that's on this list that if hold that it. is included, okay? Yeah, hold that down. Right. I got to tell you a few notes about crap, but I'm glad I opened your mind. I'm glad crap has opened your mind. Crap has opened my mind. Yeah. I'm sure plenty of listeners out there can relate. And crap, I think, is one that's kind of, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but almost like, well, you used Hillbilly in a recent Origin of Speaksies episode. Mm-hmm. Crap is kind of like a, I don't know, maybe like a low IQ word like i could say that yeah Yeah. like is that a hot take i don't know but like i say crap don't get me wrong but it just seems like a not a smart word if if you were smarter you'd have a better word uh, to use or maybe you're drunk in irish like in the last episode what we discussed one more point i want to make but you mentioned your parents didn't use a lot of profanity around you growing up mine didn't either and in fact this might surprise listeners who've listened to me for 167 episodes now but I've never cussed in front of my parents to this day, and if they heard this episode, I would shrink into a little turtle shell, Mm. because it'd just be so weird for me to have them hear me cuss. So, for whatever that's worth. Let's get to the word crap. Crap. It means literally to defecate. As far back as 1846, comes from a cluster of older nouns, which are now obsolete, and also applied to things cast off or discarded. It's most used by both males and females ages 45 to 54 in the U.S. and Canada. So again, this is an older word. Yeah. Despite the etymological legend, the word is not from the name of Thomas Crapper, uh, who lived in the 1800s and early 1900s, who was, however, a busy plumber and may have had some minor role in the development of modern toilets. Crap has a lot of crap, crappy, this is crap, good crap. Yeah. Got a lot of use to, but it's number five, if I didn't say that. It's like shit's younger brother. Shit's younger brother. Kind of like uh, the Robin to Shit's Batman. Yeah. I would say. Or like when you have to take your little brother to the party that you don't want to take him to, you're shit, he's crap. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great way to make an entrance at a party too, is to announce yourselves that way with that. But I I could see that. I don't know if I'd count that as a profanity. Not me. But I also, you know, whatever choices I've made in life, I also don't have to write lists for Slate.com. Listeners, I have a quick sidebar for you to ask you, what is your favorite video game ever? Well, that might seem like a random question, but it becomes less random when you know that the brand new Tennis Pod Plus exclusive bonus episode is out now, where I was joined by my friend, Dr. Buster, who you may remember from recent episodes like the top 10 Wikipedia pages, 
and even more recently, the highest grossing R-rated movies. He joined me for this bonus episode where we each brought our own personal top five video games ever, along with our rationale for why they made our list. We also brought fun facts and trivia for each game on the list. You can listen to this episode right now at TennisPod.com plus or by subscribing to TennisPod Plus from our page on Apple Podcasts. Sign up now to also get main episodes like this one that you're listening to now early and ad-free every week. Again, just go to TennisPod.com P-L-U-S or subscribe in literally one tap at the top of our Apple Podcast page. Hurry and sign up and listen before it's game over. Let's get back to the show. So you said crap opened your mind, as crap often does to one. Mm. What words come to mind now to round out the rest of the top 10? I think that this is going to lead me. So I've still got my granddaddy I'm sitting on, but yep. maybe like the, the cleaner version of that, I'd say if crap is on the list, where does screw go oh, on this screw. list? Oh, screw. That's a great guess, but it's not on here, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm going to help you here. Screw's not on here, but to screw someone or something, okay. there's certain natural tools appendage to the human body that help make that process possible and feasible and pleasurable. What are words people can use to describe those tools? Now, let me tell you, there's a a tool belt full of things I could use, including (laughs) the word tool. Yeah, sure. So let's say, and with crap being considered profanity. So I'm going to go with something that, again, is on my list of words that maybe would be a a lady counterpart to, to, to Dick. Um, that could possibly be out there that maybe like if I, if I could generate a sound effect, it would be a cat sound. Is mm. that on the list? I'll insert a cat sound for you in post-production. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I actually don't even like saying this word. Yeah. But I will. Thank you. It's what I do here. It's the sacrifice I make. The word is pussy. As in pussycat. As in I saw a putty cat. And it's number 10 in the top 10. Okay. Pussy has a lot of meanings, kind of like bitch. It's most used by the young male crowd. Age 18 to 24 males in the United States are the biggest offenders of this word. In contemporary English, use of the word pussy to refer to women themselves is considered derogatory and demeaning and treating people as sexual objects. But the word pussy is also used to describe the female genitalia. I'd say that's the most common use, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also used in a derogatory sense to mean cowardly, weak, or easily fatigued, like when sometimes I'll say I'm cold and I'm called a pussy, which is not cool with that. No. I'm cold. Does that make me a pussy? Probably, but it's not nice to say. Sure. Well, I'll I'll accept that. Pussy is one of a large number of English words that has both erotic and non-erotic meanings. Such double entendres have long been used in the creation of sexual humor. This double meaning of pussy has been used for over 100 years by performers, including the late 19th century vaudeville act The Barrison Sisters, who perform the notorious routine, Do You Want to See My Pussy?, in which they raise their skirts to reveal live kittens. Mm. Now, isn't that cute? It is cute. It gives me an idea for the next time uh, there's a uh, like variety act thing at uh, any of my nieces or nephews' schools that I have a suggestion for them that I can give. <laughs> Here's what you do, honey. Yeah. yeah. Here's what you do, and this makes sure that Uncle Steve doesn't get invited back to Thanksgiving. <laughs> This should lock it in. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's what we want to happen. That's the mission yeah. to get Steve out of Thanksgiving, which, not a bad idea. Anyone out there, feel free to take that down. Free advice from Steve. Yeah. And uh, since we're on the subject, I just want to say clitoris. Mm. Because that, I like to guess. say that word. I think I say it with dignity and strength. It sounds like a Roman senator, the way I say it. Uh, like, de- you know, debatable. Mm, not, but, you know, if the Senate is in trouble, who do we need to come rescue us right now? Somebody gets Senator Clitoris, <laughs> and then everything will be fine. I like that. I like where you're going. I wish we had more chance to dive into the, the meat of that talking point. Unfortunately, Get behind the curtains on that, yeah. Yeah, oh, God damn. That was good. All right. But let's go to the other side of the coin. The male side. What's the male mm-hmm. pussy equivalent? Hmm. Well, you got dick already, so another word yeah. for dick. Not the shucker to somebody's corn. No. Okay. Cock? No, Cock. I, just, I just said that. I was trying to say that. Uh, crank? Cock. 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 Is that what you're trying to say with corn shucking? Yes. Okay. I missed that. Cock is it's number okay. nine. Number nine. Yeah. Well, good. Well, it came back. Yeah, it came back. It, full circle here. Cock mm-hmm. at number nine is actually most used by females, believe it or not, age 25 to 34 in Britain. 
Hmm. I like that. I could see that being just something Britishy that almost would be. I don't know if you're like me. I find anything said with a British accent entertaining, absolutely, and even more intelligent. It could be some drunk Cockney person speaking, but I'm going to find whatever they have to say to be rather intelligent. So I could see that being uh, yeah. well played in the, in the UK. You take any grouping of words or sentences, anything, good, bad, indifferent, smart, not smart, have typical American and a typical British person say those same things, I will pick the British person 10 times out of 10. I'm with you. I wonder if that happens over the UK. If they're like, you know, I love it when someone from they don't. Uh, you know, the wrong side of tracks in Richmond says something. We're out in a holla in, in Virginia and comes out and has it some like really bad hillbilly, you know, probably drunk Irish accent. No. Uh, they probably don't like it, but no, it's their loss. <laughs> I don't accent. think that's ever happened ever. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But it has happened that people say cock a lot. That's why it's number nine. And using cock to refer to the penis dates back to at least the 1610s, mm-hmm. back in Brandon's heyday. The slang word has led to an avoidance of cock in the literal sense via the euphemistic rooster, because cock means rooster, too. Right. So people avoid using that word now to describe a rooster because of everyone thinks of cock as a winky now. Yeah. Words like cock teaser and cocksucker emerge into print in 1891 in Farmer and Henley, slang and its analogs. We've used that a lot there. And I actually like the word cock, and I try to use it as much as I actually can because of the rooster thing. So there was a a time before I had children and uh, lost everything that I owned. And I now, you know, I have uh, basically the spare bedroom that I'm calling you from. Sure. Seasonally, I'm allowed to use it to to record things. Um, But I had a man room. And I had a good friend that had a man room, um, that his man room was, had a John Wayne theme. Mm. And I was trying to one-up him, and I was going to do a cock theme. I was going to do all roosters. Love it. I ended up compromising, and I did a Burt Reynolds theme, which was... Not bad. Clo- I, th- I think, it, you know, Burt Reynolds is like the living embodiment of, a, of cock. He's the cock of the male human species. Yeah. I also remember a comedian, I forget who it was, but I'm quoting someone that said that Burt Reynolds was all the village people wrapped up into one person. <laughs> and I'd have to agree Beautiful. with that, too. So for a long time, I had a Burt Reynolds themed room, which definitely, you know, didn't put off any weird vibes until one of my nephews uh, was visiting one day. And this is absolutely true what he said. He said, look at some of the Burt Reynolds posters I had around this room. He's like, who is that man? And how come he's never wearing a shirt? Mm. And at that point, I decided that the uh, Burt Reynolds room was going to slowly be uh, dismantled. But I was also glad, too, that it at that point, too, that I didn't go with a cock theme. You could have just put the shirt, you could have got a shirt on them in some of those pictures, Steve. Not, there was a lot of posters. There would have been a lot of shirts. Well, you know, I like the idea of someone doing a cock room with roosters. Yeah. But then you just sneak like one erect penis photo in there, like in the mix that like most people don't even notice, but it's in there. It's in the cock room. That's a good thing. That should be, that'd be an interesting uh, segment on HDTV. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that if I ever get called by them. Well, they're listening, so you're welcome, HGTV. So let me tell you about the number two word. In fact, you're okay. going to tell me because you've been hanging on to it this whole time. Go ahead and say it's it. It's got to be the, the granddad. It's got to be the F-bomb. The F-bomb, I'd say my personal favorite cuss word, probably the one I say the most, although shit could probably give a run for its money. Fuck is number two in the top 10. You did it, Steve. It's the big one. I kind of feel like it's like the, the Rolls Royce of swear words. It's the, the Led Zeppelin. Yeah. It's the Hank Williams. I think everyone's nodding along saying like, yeah, this is exactly how I describe it. Just it is. It's just the Babe Ruth of, of swear words. And it's one that, uh, you know, I was referring to it earlier that it has, you know, it, it's gone from being total that you could be arrested. I mean, the fact that you've uttered it and I've probably said it under my breath 15 times during this episode and, you know, we haven't been arrested. You know, I think there's good and bad with that. They were also a little bit liberal with, with saying that now, but it still has its gravitas. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just the sound of it. It's a strong word. It is. It's just the, the, the end of it, it just something about it. That's why it, it's the best. We're going to get into the why it's the best, but in summary, it's because you can use it just like shit. It's extremely versatile. It's punchy. It's quick. It gives something emphasis. It can be used by smart people, dumb people, poor people, rich people. Mm-hmm. It's a word for everybody. It was used about 10 million times on Facebook in the three-day research period Slate did. It most often refers to the act of sexual intercourse, oh baby, but it is also commonly used as an intensifier or to convey disdain. I like that, intensifier. 
Yeah. The earliest attested appearance of the current spelling of the word fuck is 1535. Presumably, it is even a more ancient word, but one not written in the kind of texts that have survived from Old English and Middle English. Ultimate etymology is uncertain, but that the word is probably cognate with a number of Germanic words with meanings involving striking, rubbing, and having sex. Mm. It is most used by both males and females, aged 13 to 24. It's young, but it's also old. Going back to what I said earlier, I think old people use it just as much. It's equally popular, according to this study, in Britain, U.S., and Canada. It's the best. It's the best that's around out there. Agree. It should be number one on this list, but it's not. But when it comes, we know who who the best is. It's the stairway to heaven of profanity. In terms of its parts of speech, fuck has a very flexible role in English grammar, functioning as both a transitive and intransitive verb, as an adjective, an adverb, a noun, and an interjection. In a 2000 study by Andrea Millwood Hargrave, She did a study of the attitudes of the British public and found that fuck was considered the third most severe profanity and its derivative motherfucker was the second most offensive profanity. What do you think the first severe was in this study? That's a word we haven't covered on. Oh, gosh. There's a couple words that I I won't ever use. Would an acronym for it be see you next Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. The C word often uh, used in a derogatory form against women was Mm -hmm. voted as the most severe word in the English language. I agree with that. Yeah. One last note. According to director Robert Altman, the first time the word fuck was used in a major American studio film was 1970s MASH, spoken by Painless during the football match at the end of the film. I haven't seen that. I don't know anything about it. But according to this, this 1970s film, first time the word fuck was used in a major motion picture. Good job, MASH. I was going to guess it was Disney's Dumbo, but I guess MASH makes a little bit more sense. You know, you're just thinking about what you were saying under your breath as you're shaking your head watching the latest Dumbo remake. Probably. I probably didn't say it under my breath during that, but the yeah. kid had to learn the word sometime. Yeah. I do like, I do like imagining you sitting there watching the latest Dumbo <laughs> uh, by yourself, in fact. Yeah. Steve, I forgot till just now that you were supposed to give a thumbs up and thumbs down on all these. So... We're going to do a rapid fire version of that. I'm going to go okay. back through the top 10 and you're going to give me a quick thumbs up or thumbs down on your personal feelings of each word. Okay. Okay. So the most 10 most commonly used cuss words in the English language, at least on Facebook. Number 10 is pussy. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Cock. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Purple thumb up. Yeah. <laughs> Eggplant up. Eight is darn. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. I'm with you on this. So far, totally with you. Dick. Seven. Thumbs up. It's a classic. I'll go thumbs in the middle on that. Six is piss. Eh, I'm going to go middle thumb on that. Middle thumb. Me too. Five is crap. Thumbs down. Get some stones. That's not, down. That's not a cuss word. And number four, bitch. Um, hashtag diversity. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah. I like the word bitch. I use it a lot. But mm-hmm. in the way, in the like true sense of what it is. Yeah. I see what you mean. Thumbs down for that. Yep. Number three, damn. Thumbs up. Classy. Classic. Yep. It's a keeper. Thumbs up. And number two, the real number one, fuck. It is the Taylor Swift of swear words. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs up. And number one, according to this list, is shit. Oh, a brown thumbs up for that. What a great term. I'll give it a thumbs up too. I think we agreed on maybe all but one of those as far as our thumbs go. Yeah, I think profanity, you know, another thing, great thing about it is it, it brings us together. Absolutely. Us and our feet. That's right. So we'll do a bonus episode sometime where we, we do the true wiki feet, top 10. Listeners, quick interruption, because it's that time again where I read the latest reviews for Tennis Podcast. First one comes from Diener O on Apple Podcasts. They say, if you need a podcast to fill a car ride or start a family war over what's best, this is the podcast for you. Great hosts with a plethora of episodes and topics to discuss. First of all, our show works well in any setting, not just in car rides. But secondly, is anyone looking for a podcast to start a family war? And what does a family war entail? I hope it's just a war of words, like a friendly debate, but war is such a strong word, it makes me think of, I don't know, like fucking covert operations within the family unit. I don't like it. Don't start wars with your family and listen to our podcast anywhere, be it in a train, on a house with a mouse, in a box with a fox, or in the car, like Diener O said. 
thank you for that review. The next one comes from Pod on Podchaser. They say, if you're stressed and looking for a break, this is the perfect podcast. The hosts are funny and it's full of the kind of useless information that I love. Could I have gone the rest of my life without knowing the most popular children's books in history? Sure, but I'm glad I don't have to. Kind of take exception to you calling this useless information. I mean, how useless is it that the word fuck goes back to the 1500s, huh? Tell me that. I'm just kidding, of course. Thank you for that review. And by the way, if you want me to read your review on a future episode, just go rate us five stars and write a review on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, or on the Good Pods app. And one more plug, if you're listening to us on Spotify right now, take a second, literally a second, look at our page on Spotify. Right near the top, there is a star rating button. Click that, rate us five stars. I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, let's get back to my discussion on Naughty Words with Steve. Steve, this has been fucking fantastic. But before you go, I definitely want to give you a chance to further plug your show. I know you did briefly, but if there's anything else you want to say about it, or maybe give us a preview of any uh, topics you have coming up, anything like that, or maybe some favorite episodes that you recommend new listeners check out first. Nick, thank you very much. So if anyone's interested, check out our show, Origin of Speaksies. You can find on every major podcast provider, YouTube and Rumble. Um, We talk about the history of words and phrases, my good friend Scott and I. We also, too, uh, we try to take on topical words that are out there sometimes, did the history of woke, um, also did the history of virtue signaling. And just in case anyone who listens, we try to stay away from political mm-hmm. sides when we do this. We tell everyone if you voted for the uh, 70-year-old white guy who put kids in cages or the other 70-year-old white guy that puts kids in cages, we want you to listen to our show, either one of those white guys that you voted for, uh, to come check us out. But it's a, it's a fun show. So uh, check us out. Uh, just the best way to find us is look up Speaksies, which is the word speak, C-I-E-S. Yep. And I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode too. Thank you. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, that's why I wanted to have you on the show today. So Steve, appreciate you coming on. We'll have to have you back sometime. It was an honor to be here and also clitoris. <laughs> clitoris. All right, you damn son of a bitch. I'm going to end this thing. Thank you to the listeners for listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 168. I'll be joined by a new guest sidekick host for that one. Thank you very much and goodbye. (laughs)